Hi everyone, welcome back to your soon to be favorite podcast. I'm Angelica. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Here We Grow. guys i'm back angelica is not with me today my husband travis is here with me say hello hello um he is here with me again today because um we're coming right up on angelica's wedding so uh travis is doing an episode with me for this week and then next week we will have a pre-recorded episode that we did with stephanie it's going to be a little bonus episode so look forward to that and then Angelica will be back right after that. And we would actually love if you guys could send us um, questions for a Q&A episode where we're going to recap her wedding and her bachelorette weekend in Nashville. So if you have questions for the Q&A, send them to us on Instagram. If you know us personally, text us if you need to. Um, however you want get, to get us those questions. Uh, that would be great. I think that's going to be a really fun episode where we just gossip about her wedding and her uh, bachelorette party. So stay tuned for that. Today, me and Travis are going to talk a little bit about parenting. And before we jump into parenting, we are going to do five rules that we've come up with for having a good fight. Would you agree? That's how you would say it? Yeah. Okay, so like five rules to have a successful fight. So like all couples fight, right? Yeah. That's pretty common. If you're not fighting, well, you're probably you're either in the puppy dog stage or you may not be in a healthy relationship. Fighting yeah. is normal. Right. Now, there's a way to to fight where it's um you can have a a productive fight. That actually leads to some understanding at the end and some growth and that's really the goal is to have a productive non-abusive non-toxic fight yeah um so we came up for five we came up with five rules for that so we're going to tell them to you right now and elaborate on them and then we're going to talk about parenting all right you want to tell us what rule number one is no name calling whatsoever Yes, no name calling. I think we've done that for the whole 12 years we've been together. Like, yeah, that's always been a a big thing with us. Like, we do not call each other out of our names. Yeah. Ever. No, no matter what, no matter how, no matter how mad. Yeah. Because with name calling comes disrespect, right? And so it's like, if you are willing to call someone out of their name, even out of anger, that's a certain level of disrespect. Like you don't have that portion of respect for your partner. Yeah. So I think we've always stuck with like, as long as we're not name calling each other, then we know we're still good. Yep. That's um, kind of a good like barometer for it or whatever. Yeah, it is. Um, and then you had added to that, uh, no cussing if you can help it. Yeah. And that's harder than not name calling <laughs> for sure. Um, if anybody knows me, I'm, I'm a potty mouth. Like, I cuss probably more than one should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, here's the reason. I have a great job, 
And cussing is not only okay, but it's encouraged at my job. As long as we're not cussing at each other, obviously, like, we're just like, oh, yeah, the fucking this and fucking that. Like, we just... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So the no cussing rule is, you know, again, disrespect. Like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a scale of, like, how bad is it getting yeah. for us? Yeah. Like, if our, if our fight gets really, really bad and we start cussing with each other, then we may need to consider, like, stepping away for a minute or, you know, like, it's not worth to continue going if we're right. cussing at each other. We're not going to get anything done. We're not going to be productive. Oh, we, and another thing, we should have made this rule. Hmm. When you're arguing with your significant other, remember, it's not a game, it's not who gets the last word, it's not, like, don't, who, don't who make wins. it your goal to, to get your point across. It's not about getting your point across. At the, the whole, the whole argument, first of all, a lot, nine times out of, nine times out of 10, most arguments stem from misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. So try to remember like, in the argument, you you really need to just get understood and understand the other person where they're coming from. Right. Common understanding. Yeah. yeah. Just try to both of y'all equal it out. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you might not agree still, but you could leave the argument understanding. Understanding each other yeah. and that's it. Yeah, that's true. And we're gonna get to that one. Well, I'll just get to that one anyway. Um, one way that you can kind of prevent fights. And this is rule number five, predict and prevent misunderstandings before they happen, which is something we've kind of been practicing lately, especially yeah. you. If you see like, okay, like after we get done with breakfast, we haven't really talked about what's going to happen next. Like maybe we should talk about that now before we have two different expectations and yeah. not communicating with each other. So you'll be like, okay, let's talk about this now. What do you want to do after breakfast? What's the plan? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And then we talk about it and then there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. And so I think being aware that you can practice that, like you can try to predict when a misunderstanding is going to yeah. come up and, and communicate with each other to be like, this is the plan. Prevent the whole thing from happening to begin with. Yeah. Okay. Number two was no arguing or disrespecting each other in front of others. Table it for when you're alone. Yep. Uh, not too long ago what was it thanksgiving last year my family was over and my and you had to leave because we had a uh a friend who was in town from out of state and you wanted to go see them it was like the end of thanksgiving very yeah. late at night yeah and my family was still here and um they were like oh where'd travis go and i said he went to go see a friend that was came from out of town someone said like maybe my sister said oh i thought you guys had an argument and he left and then my aunt chimes in and goes they don't argue <laughs> about me and travis and i was like well no he didn't we didn't argue but we do argue like we're a normal couple just like anybody else we yeah. we argue but she was literally truthfully baffled that i was telling her that we argue because she just like we just don't put that off to other people that we argue yeah it's because we don't Get, we don't show that we're upset with each other in front of, in people, front of people, yeah, or anything like yeah. none of that. It's it's all you won't even you just know. Just put like, it aside until yeah, 
you guys are until we're alone. Yeah, like if if it's something that she that you really might upset me. Like I just said something that upset yeah. you. Like the way during I said the it. event, yeah. I, you just the oh. best way I would handle it would I would probably tell you, hey, we need to talk later. Yeah. But I would whisper it to you or text it to you, yeah. even though I'm in the same room as you. Yeah. But other than that, like nobody in the room will ever know that, you know. I said something to upset you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. And then when we get together later, you try to have a productive argument about it if it turns into an argument. Right. Um, the next one is walking away is allowed. And so I've heard, I've heard that this is like a common one with people that people with an anxious attachment style, which we'll do attachment styles in a separate episode with Angelica, but people who grow up and have an anxious attachment style to them saying, you know, I need, I need space for a minute. I need to walk away for a minute. And then, and taking time to cool down in the middle of an argument, that person walking away to the, the person with the anxious attachment style feels like you're giving up on me. You're leaving me. Yeah. And that's not what it is at all. If it's in a healthy argument where you need to just, you know, it's not going anywhere. We're going in circles. We're just getting louder and louder. We're starting to cuss at each other. Like it's just getting worse and not better. Then you have to be able to allow your partner to walk away when they need time to, you know, they're going to call it and take time to themselves and come back to it later. And you have to also be allowed to walk away and right. use that when it's when it's necessary. Because if you think about it, if you choose to walk away and come back to it later, that prevents it from escalating to a point where you may not be able to return from. You yeah. say something you regret. Yeah. You build some kind of hatred for your partner because of something they said to you. Yeah. Like you're preventing getting to that point. And just not- like argument maintenance <laughs> and nine times out of ten what i realize for some people when they need to walk away it will is is more for them to like gather their thoughts mm-hmm. like to get everything together like yeah. and because when you're in the heat of it, yeah. sometimes it's getting lost in translation. Yeah. You're not yeah. really listening and you're only saying. Yeah, and some and sometimes you can realize, okay, wait, I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not comprehending anything. I, yeah, like, I'm not getting yeah. I'm not understanding what's going on and I'm just saying the same thing. Well over. the other person's not understanding and you can <clears throat> right. tell they're not understanding. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, and the last one is try not to use always or never. And this one we are not good at. <laughs> we still do this, but we're trying to be more conscious about it. So it's like, what? Nothing. Don't make that face. <laughs> you say you don't, but you do. Maybe not as much as I do, but you do. <laughs> anyway. So the point of that is, if you're saying to your partner in an argument, well, you always do this or you never do that. Like, you never take out the trash or you always yeah. disrespect me, you know, whatever, whatever the, the argument is. Right. Most likely the word never or always isn't accurate. So yeah. when you're in the argument, you're making the other person think that you really do think they never do that or they always do that. And it's like, that's not an accurate de- depiction of what's going on. 
And if you do have that, if one of you guys are doing that, guys or girls are doing that to each other, try to, like, all right, how can I put it? Like, for example, if my wife, if Kelsey's doing it to me, if she's saying I'm, I, I never take out the trash, then like something I'll do, I will look back on it and I'll go, okay, well, I wouldn't say never, but yeah, I would say like three days out of every week or two days out of every week. Yeah. I don't, I don't take out the trash. Mm-hmm. I let it, I let it go. Yeah. But that's not never. Right. Like try to, you can still try At to least get give them. me the credit for what I yeah, do. Like yeah. I'm a, I'll, I'll take, I'll take what I did wrong. Okay. Yeah. Those two days. Yeah. I could do this for yeah. it. But so the argument would change from you never take out the trash yeah. to, Hey, I need you to try to take out the trash every day. Yeah. Yeah. So you like, to me is like helping on both ways mm-hmm. because you're also taking credibility. Like, okay. Yeah. You're accepting your wrongs. Yeah. And at the same time, you're tr- trying to help this person correct their wrong and trying to, you know, put something on you that wasn't the case. Right. And it all just goes back to like common understanding. If you're saying always or never and the other person subconsciously does not agree that it's always or never, then there's never going to be a common understanding because you're like, but I do do that. Well, you don't do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if it's if it's really just the main goal of common understanding, then you really can just let go of always or never and be more specific. Sounds like almost a lot of these got in common is understanding. Understanding. Yeah. A lot of people say communication, but I mean, yeah, communication is, I would say communication is key, but understanding is. Communication comes after understanding. Is right. I would say they're hand in hand. I think, well, yeah, they are hand in hand. But when you look at like the overall relationship between two people, the first thing you have to do is understand your partner and like how they communicate, you know, what, like truly deeply understand them and where they came from because then communication will be easier. Yeah. Communication will be smoother if yeah. you understand each other. And you have to put that effort into understanding each other too. You can't just wait for your partner to tell you things or, you know, you have to be actively wanting to understand the other person. You agree? Yes. <laughs> you said yes and nothing came out. All right. So let's uh, jump right into parenting, I think. The way we was parented. Yeah. Parented. You want to go first? <laughs> you want me to go first? Uh, so we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk a little bit about parenting. We're gonna talk about a little bit how we were parented, how we want to parent cash, a couple of different things. We're gonna specifically talk at some point about gentle parenting and the common misconceptions of gentle parenting. So please stick around for that. But Travis is gonna start us off with how he was parented. My mom was. I was really, she was really more on like cleanliness, making sure I was clean, the house was clean, I looked clean, all that, just mm-hmm. everything clean. And I mean, that's how much really she instilled in me. Like, I mean, that was pretty much it. Everything else, 
I kind of did on my own. I, I, I don't want to say like I raised myself, but I mean, I, I guess in a way you can say that, but I don't know. Me and her had a, me and her was talking, me and my mom was talking and uh, we come to a realization that she's, when I was telling her, you know, what about all my friends, moms that, you know, used to always, you used to always tell them how good of a kid I am and how proud of you and da, da, da. And she would say, no, they would say that of you. She said, I always thought that was funny because she said, I didn't really instill re- you being respectful to others. Like she said, I wanted you to be respectful, of course. Yeah. But she said, I did never really f- force that in you to respect your elders and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and now she said, but you did that on your own. She said, every friend that you ever had, all their parents would say that you raised this one right. Yeah. This kid is very respectful. This kid does everything. Yeah, well, after your older brother. <laughs> <laughs> but That's all we got to say about that. I mean... Where I was at, it was, where I was living at with my mom, it was just me and my mom. Mm-hmm. And she worked six to two, four to two, really, sometimes. Yeah. Four in the morning, about two, three o'clock, she'd get off. And so I have, you know, me being a kid, I have all that time. And sometimes she would work weekends. So I would have all that time, even after school, to to do whatever. Yeah. And I would never do nothing bad. I would just, you know, most of the times chill out and, you know, just hang out in my own room or, you know, play the game. Every now and then invite one of my closest friends over and we'll just chill. But I never, I don't know, I, I kind of just kept to myself. Did did everything on on my own, fighting, all that. Had I had to teach got myself. Yourself to and from school. Yeah, you got missed the bus. Got myself yeah. to and from school. Before I missed the bus. Yeah. Um, I got into sports on my own. Band. I got into band on my own. I, everything was literally like I kind of taught myself. I figured out if I liked it. My mom didn't never. Pushed me into nothing. Like I said, she pushed me into cleaning this. So by the time I hit high school, then she focused it on diploma. She wanted me to graduate. I was focused on, you know, doing other things. Yeah. I wanted a girlfriend. I, I wanted to do band. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted yeah. to do this. So... And because, you were goofy as hell too, so it's kind of hard putting that into a box of like. Yeah. Yeah. Man, people might say, "Oh, you know, it's, it's like my mom wasn't there." Some people might say that, but I would say she was there. Like she was strict with me, and you know, there was a lot of things I wasn't allowed to do. But at the same time, it was more like she trusted me, mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing out in the world that somebody will have to come back to her door. 
other than the time I missed 72 days of <laughs> high school. <laughs> and I don't know if we're going to talk about that ever. Yeah, let's talk about it right now. It's <laughs> a quick story. You missed 72 days of high school. They contacted your mom about it. Okay, that's the only time. Yeah. She went up to the school, <laughs> talked with the principal. Yeah. And, and turns out you still you were still getting good grades even though you missed 72 days of school, so they couldn't really do anything about it. Yeah. I was You had uh, passing grades. I was skipping I was skipping in um, my band class mm-hmm. at the time. All your other classes into the band room. You're skipping your other classes to go yeah, to the band room. Yeah, I'll, the whole day. Yeah. As soon as school started, and, I went straight and to the band, band and never left. let you do it. Yep, he let me do it. <laughs> and other people, too. Yeah. I'm not going to give up his name, but yeah. He Y'all let me... know who the band teacher was. <laughs> he, he let me do it. He let everybody do it, really. Yeah. And I was the only person that kind of overdid it, I guess. But I thought I was in the clear because, check this out, y'all. The whole game. The, look, I'm not saying do this. I'm not, if any, any kids look, look, I'm not saying do this. <laughs> but this is what I was doing. I would go to school would start. Boom. Okay. I'm going to go to my first class, first period. Go in there. All right. Stay in there until we get our assignments handed out to us. Get the assignment. Got to use the restroom. I'm gone. We. Go to um, band. I'm going to do the work in band. I already yeah. know the assignment. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Though. Yeah. I got I got my book in my book bag. Yeah. Keep got it my with book me. In my book bag. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it with me. Boom. So I give it my band class. Do that real quick. Okay. Bing, bing, bing. Second period. All right. Go cool. To class, pick up your paperwork. Go to class. Do the, do the same thing. Yeah. But guess what I'm going to do at the end of the day? Turn it all in. At the end of the day, I'm going to turn it all in. Yes, the teachers are going to say something. Of course. Oh, where was you at? Why did da, da, da. Yeah. they going to say everything? Yeah. Here. All you did was pop those dimples. <laughs> hand, them a, <laughs> hand them a homework assignment. I mean, it also helps if you're a teacher's pet. So I was never <laughs> disrespectful to none of my teachers. I was yeah. very trustworthy in a bad way. In a bad way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like knew how to crazy, but you were trustworthy. Yeah, I knew how to gain people. Oh, look, that's bad. See what I knew how to gain people trust <laughs> as a kid and just yeah, and use it to my advantage. But no, that's that's how I missed seventy two days of school. You're not the only kid who like <laughs> teachers favorited like that. Like I could say a couple of people that teachers in our school favorited, like let get away with a lot of stuff yeah, that they wouldn't let yeah. other students get away yeah. with. And it would always be like a basketball player. <laughs> it would always be the star basketball player or a star football player. They get away with everything. They always looked at them as having a future ahead of them. I, probably that's what it was. They could see their future, so yeah. they didn't care. Yeah. It's, you know, especially if it was some of the teachers that went to the games. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of teachers, was, a lot know, of teachers would go to the games. You know the teacher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Yeah. F. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll say that. Of course, he's, and of course he goes to the game. He was the and coach of one of them. his wife. Worked there, too? Yeah, she worked at our school, too. They got married while they were teaching. I didn't know. They were both teaching at our school. She was across the hall from him. She definitely was giving special treatment to the basketball players. Ooh! You got to tell me. I don't remember her name now. You, you probably see? don't know her. You probably don't know her. 
Oh, after I was. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, Travis only went to Broader Bowl freshman year. Yeah. And then for a week senior year. I went to. Um, I graduated at uh, Arsenal Technical High School. Yeah. Well, it was the reason it was only for a week senior year is because that's when we were dating and I was trying to get you to come back to Broader Bowl. And you wanted to be in Broader Bowl's band, so you were yes. fine with that. Yes. And you get to our school, you're there for like what? four days or something like that and then they tell you that your history credit was it history yeah your history credit or something it was history it didn't it didn't oh, uh no it was oh. history it didn't it didn't transfer over. over to our school which yeah. is stupid because they're both ips schools so they i would have i would have to been in an eighth grade class in my senior year yeah to get that credit to get that credit and, and i was like, like i'm not doing that no <laughs> I got. So you went I, back to tech. I was skipping that class too. You know? yeah. I was like, I went to that class probably two times and stayed of and stayed the full period two times, and I was just like, mm. yeah. So sorry about that little tangent about school, but <laughs> um, that was a good little memory. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue into parenting. So I was raised with both parents. They were married. They were high school sweethearts, much like us. They got married very young. They got married when they were 19, the year I was born. Um, yeah, and we were we grew up middle class, lower middle class, I'd say. And then my parents kind of raised me to be really independent. They raised me to do for myself as much as possible and I even got my first job when I was 14. The main reason for that was because like the recession hit us really hard. My mom worked at a car dealership during the reception recession so that hit car dealerships pretty big and they were like you know things are tough right now we'll get you your necessities but if there's something you want you know you're welcome to get a job if you want. And my first job was at a bowling alley at 14 doing birthday parties. So from then on, that really like set the tone for like the type of worker I am, I would say, and probably like my independence, like just getting things done. Yeah. Kind of. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah. And it was very much like you were saying, like, I trust you to be a good kid, basically. Yeah. And I pretty much was. Like, they never really had to worry about me. <clears throat> My sister got in trouble a little bit more than I did. So it was more of like the uh, emphasis was on her and what she was doing. And I was just, even as a teenager, I wasn't like rebellious or anything. We would argue. I argued with my parents a lot when I was a teenager, but I think that's kind of a normal part of growing up. Yeah. Um, if I had to look back and think of something that I didn't like very much growing up, I would say it was the amount of yelling and it was just like, it just always seemed like somebody was yelling at, at somebody else in our household. And it kind of made me really have a big aversion to yelling. Like, you know me, I, I don't like yelling around me. <coughs> I don't like yelling around me. Like if it doesn't involve me, I'll walk out. 
if somebody's yelling because i just don't i don't want to be around it it makes me anxious and i don't have to be around it i'm not going to yeah there's no reason for it to be that way then i don't need to be there so we've said before that like we want to make sure to have like a not yelly household like how we grew up kind of and that's like one of the major themes like we'll we'll get frustrated and and yell maybe once but we're not like just yelling at each other all the time it's not gonna be a common theme i really want our home to be like a peaceful place for the most part you know what i'm saying is there something you is there something you would look back on that you didn't like in your childhood uh, it would be the yelling for me too, and the whooping. Mm. Oh, yeah, people would say, you know, whooping helps. You know, I got whooped, and you know it. I turned out fine. Yeah, I turned out yeah. fine. I was like, well, okay, well, yeah, whooping helps depending on the situation, mm-hmm. depending on you know how bad it is with that child did to deserve a whooping for you to either lay a whatever you hit the kid with your hand the belt whatever whatever you choose before you go that route is it that deep first yeah Yeah. because jesus yeah one one whooping i can i will never forget no i think there's there's two because i'm looking at the scar and people will be like oh no that's abuse like, well, that's what a belt does. Yeah. She wouldn't hit me with her fist. She didn't hit me with a switch or anything other than what you would normally hit your kid with. A belt. She didn't hit me with her hand. Mm-hmm. It was belt. What's everybody's normal. Our generation is used to. Mm-hmm. One little scratch is still on my arm. Still to this day. Still see it. And when I was a kid, I remember she i was trying to dodge i guess this is still my fault no no <laughs> you gaslit yourself well, i don't know but i was trying to move out the way of the belt because what was she whooping you for uh, you don't remember i can't remember okay it's fine if you don't remember don't take too, too much time yeah but yeah, you dodged out of the way. I tried to dodge out the way, and then the belt like slapped me in the eye. Mm-hmm. And for that that time being, in the whole next day when I went to school, that eye, which was probably I think it was my right eye, it was like blurred out. Yeah. Like I could still see out of it, but it was just blurred. Yeah, and I was too afraid to tell my mom. What did you think would have happened if you told her? That either I was making it up or I would get another whooping or... Oh, my God. I didn't want to go to the doctor yeah. personally. That was my... But that was the only... like That wasn't even really the thought. The doctor wouldn't have thought. It was more of being afraid of another whooping. Yeah. Was, that's really what kept me from... T- another that's crazy thing. that you think that she would have whooped you if you told her you couldn't see. <laughs> But that's, I was just, I just yeah. thought that she would get mad. But as a child, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But I don't, I, I know this is going to be hard to, for anybody to believe. 
honestly with Fix the Blur that same day when I was at school with Flix the Bur- Blur. Flix the Blur. <laughs> when, uh, when we was leaving, school was over and we was all, you know, lining up to go outside to eat on the bus. It was raining. So they was trying to rush us on the bus quick so we didn't, because it was raining pretty hard. And I remember when we got outside. Oh, I remember this. I remember when we got outside. I looked up in the sky. I was just looking up, just, you know, just looking up like a kid would. I, I didn't have my mouth open or nothing. I was just looking up in the rain. <laughs> what you have to do with anything? I wonder why you even think that I had my mouth open trying to, trying to catch raindrops. I just just looking up and one raindrop fell directly in my eye, the one that was blurred. And, and I you could see. And I wiped it and I was able to see. <laughs> and I, and I, I was like, I'll take that. I'm good. I'm fine. All you need was some some water, some or just a wipe, or just just a, a wipe, wipe. <laughs> just a wipe. Because after the smack in my eye, I was afraid to touch my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is rub your eye. <laughs> um, I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a thing about whooping. Cause my wife don't know nothing. Kelsey don't know nothing about that. She don't know nothing about whoopings. I got whoopings, but I was a good kid, so I didn't get very yeah, many. Yeah, she don't know. She don't know what getting a lot of whoopings. I didn't get is. them definitely when I was older. And I know people thinking, oh well, you was probably you probably deserved it. Yes, okay. Again, I'm not gonna hide the fact or deny the fact that I did something. Did something, and I probably did deserve it more likely. But. I can also remember times where I didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like for what? Like for me and my brother just talking shit with each other. Like, I'm not cussing, but I'm telling him I'm going to beat his butt. I'm not saying I'm going to beat your ass. And your we, mom whooped you We that. was in playing Nintendo, and I just kept on yelling at him, oh, I'm going to beat your butt, I'm going to beat your butt, I'm going to beat your butt. Yeah. And my mom said, what you say? So I said it. I told her what I said. And then she said, okay, I'm going to show you that. And she got up, and I ran in the living room, and then she chased me in there and whooped me. I'm saying that's what I mean by, like, certain stuff. It can be overboard. Like you can, you instead of you instead of you being as a parent, getting mad to the point where you want to yell at the kid or lay hands at the kid, take it as a teacher moment. I don't care if the kid is seventeen years old, eighteen years old, twenty years old. If they living with you, however however years old, it don't the, the age don't matter. There is never a time where you cannot stop think and have a teaching moment with your child mm-hmm. <clears throat> as much as they don't want to be lectured or, or much as we don't even now as uh, you know we still got parents today that still you know lectures us and we're adults and we don't want to hear it i still don't want to hear it but i know for a fact that i need to hear at least some of it because somewhere in that lecture, 
it is going to be a key thing that is going to help me. Maybe, maybe the way that our parent is saying it to us at that time, we're not resonating. Is yeah, we're not. It's not really connecting. But if you really sit back and try to remember what they said, think to yourself, try to in detail of what they said to you, something in there could help you in your life. Well, so kind of back to what you were saying about like. Is it worth it, right? No. What about, is it going to teach them anything? Because like when you were a child, in this instance you were just talking about, and you got whooped because you were telling your brother you were going to whoop him in the game, and then you got a whooping for that, at your age, you probably didn't really understand what you got that whooping for. Probably to this day, still yeah. don't really understand what you got that whooping for. So it didn't teach you anything. All it taught you was that you can't tell your brother you're going to whoop him in the game, but you don't know why you can't say that. If anything, if anything, nine times out of ten, depending on how, and I'm going to say this, depending on how dumb and stupid your your reasons, your reasonings for whipping your child is, they will do it behind your back. That's more reason for them to do whatever stupid reason you're whipping them for is going to give them more reason to do it behind your back. Or do anything behind your back. So if your kid, if you walk past, a, if your kid walks in the house or you, how, how can I paint the uh, picture for them? If. Like if your kid went out to a party and then came home and was afraid of a whooping, they're not going to tell you they went to a party. But if it comes up later in conversation and they feel like they want to admit to you that they went to that party, they would be more likely to do so if they weren't afraid of a whooping. Right. Right. A physical punishment. Same thing with, with cussing. If you ever just walk past your kid and he playing a video game and he slip up and say a cuss word, mm -hmm. instead of you going in there, snatching up the game, breaking the game or slapping him or what did you say? All that. Mm -hmm. Ask them to pause the game. Teach come here. Come here. Yeah. yeah. Teach them. Hey, I understand that's a game. I understand you 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 doing that on the game. And if you're that type of parent that you okay with your kid cussing, then fine. You you teach them. You let them know that that's it. You only do it for that moment. Yeah. I want to hear it past this. If you get past this, it is the cutting it all the way off completely. Mm -hmm. Set boundaries. Set rules. Try to set those be and let them know. Let them know in advance and in the middle and throughout the whole thing that we're setting boundaries, we're setting this is how it's going to go before I lead to having to punish you, mm -hmm. having to whoop you. Set the expectation, not just expecting your kid to know the expectation. Yeah. Yeah. You, perfect example. My mom whooped me and I dodged it and got, and got smacked in the eye. And I thought something was badly wrong with my eye. I thought something was badly wrong with my eye to the point where I could have told my mom, but I was too afraid that she would whip me. Right. So you could have went blind in that eye and your mom would never know because you were afraid that you, she was going to whip yeah. you. But you see where that leads, though? Yeah. I'm going to whip my kid because he said a cuss word. Okay, fine. You did. He's not going to ever cuss in front of you. Mm -hmm. he's going to be a sailor in front of everybody else that's not connected to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you stopped your, you stopped your kids from fighting in school. Okay, fine. I'm not going to fight on school premises. I'm going to fight after school away. Yeah. 
everything you do, your kid is just going to counteract that. Yeah. You whooping them ain't going to help. And I'm just, and I'm not saying keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. There's, there's got to be some understanding. There's got to be some meeting. There's got to be some, somewhere where you're messing up too. You can't put it all on the kid. As a parent, you mess up too. Well, we're as parents, we're responsible for our reaction to what yeah. they do. If you turn around and say, you act just like your daddy, or you act just like this person, and you tell your kid that, I mean, well, think about it. Yeah. Can't be mad, can you? Nope. Because you told them they are. So they, when they, they grow up... What, they, would be, they will be what you expect them to be. Exactly. I was just going to say that the reason I don't agree with physical punishment, um, the most we do is like tap the hand. Yeah. If he's like reaching for stuff on the counter, he can't get to. He's not supposed to get to. Um, but my big reason is because we are literally, as a society, learning to do this, hitting our children as discipline which we've already described why it doesn't make sense for a learning environment. But we discipline our children by hitting them. We're teaching them that it's okay for someone who loves you to hit you. And then apologize and it's fine. Or not apologize and it's fine. And that's not okay because actually there's studies that show that people who grow up in an environment like that where they're hit, by someone they love and they're taught that they're doing it because I love you because I want you to be better then that's the exact kind of relationship they get into oh and they're okay with their loved ones hurting them physically hurting them because they love them let me tell them the story about the time uh we can cut, cut this part off but let me tell them the story about the time uh my mom whooped me for the tv not working but then it worked and then she apologized after yes <laughs> tell that story yes we got um, 10 minutes left on this one all right so i'm gonna tell you guys a quick little story about a time another time that my mom whooped me and this one was for no reason at all to the point where she even apologized at the end so uh we was out of town at one of her uh, boyfriend's house at the time and he lived out of, out of state uh, out of town so we went to go visit him and they already been together for a, a long time and he lived in this nice nice house and we went this one time and we got there around night night time and it was storming and stuff it was uh it was in detroit and it was it was thundering and all that it was it was pretty bad weather out that night and him and my mom was in the kitchen making dinner for the night for the night and i was in the living room watching tv and the tv kept going out he had this one of those big huge box tvs i don't know you know one of those old school big huge boxes i forgot what they call them but um mm -hmm. it just kept it kept going out kept staticking out you know like every like two, three minutes, static would come up and sit there for a good minute or so, and then it'd go back to the, the, the TV station I had it on. 
So it kept doing that, you know, just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And the whole time my mom never comes out, she stays in the kitchen, you know, just with her, you know, guy and just making dinner and all that. And so I tell my mom, hey, the TV is messing up. And she said, what's wrong with it? And I told her that it keeps, the static keeps coming up and the TV, the TV just keeps going out. And she says, oh, okay, well, uh, what's she saying? I think she was just like, oh, okay, well, it, it, it'll fix itself or something. So she walks away and goes back in the kitchen. So I'm sitting there watching it and then I, and I tell her again. So then she comes back out again and then she was like, okay, well, I'm going to sit right here and if it doesn't go out, I'm, then I'm going to whoop you. Well, I'm going to whoop your ass, is what she said. She thought you were lying. She thought I was just playing, wasting her time from her walking back and forth through yeah. the kitchen to the living room. Because he had a big house. Yeah. So it was a nice little dis- it was distance. Yeah. And um, so, I was, so I was just like, okay, so I went to go sit on the couch. And we just were sitting there. And for some reason, while we're sitting here, the TV decides to never go out. She sat there for a good 10 minutes. And remember, I said the TV kept going out every two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. She sat there for a good 10 minutes. The TV never went out. After that 10-minute mark, she whooped you. She whooped me. After the whooping, she went in the living room. I mean, she went in the kitchen. She came. She came back in, and as soon as she came right back in the living room, the TV went out. And she sat there and looked at the TV static, then looked at me, and and then she said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." That was it. And I, I didn't know what to say to her. You didn't say anything. Mm-mm. How old were you, you think? I want to say I probably one because when she was dating him, I want to say I was probably like ten, ten That's or eleven. Right. Yeah. This was the boyfriend that tried to get her to leave you with yeah. a family member. That's why I say my mom is like she's. She's good, and also she can be a little rough around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this that was the guy that was trying to get my mom to leave her, leave me, and come live in Detroit with him. Yeah. And at first, she was like, he asked her, you know, why don't you just come pack up and move down here? And she said, what about my son? And she, and he said, oh, you can just leave your son with your grandma. At his grandma's house. Yeah. And she said, no. <laughs> right. That's my son. I'm raising him. Yeah. She said, <laughs> both of us are none. And he was like, oh, well, no. I'm not trying to raise another kid. Yeah. Good thing, too, because he was horrible. Very. Oh, uh, no. Could you imagine if she. Uh... Anyway, let's move on from yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. All right. We're going to talk about a little bit about how we parent different than each other. We've always like had a a common understanding of how we wanted to parent, even before we knew we were going to be parents. Because if you don't know our story, we went six years without using protection and did not get pregnant until randomly 
completely randomly <laughs> after we bought our house, three months after we bought our house. Um, I actually missed two periods before I figured out, uh, maybe we should take a pregnancy test. Yeah. And I was, I ended up being eight weeks pregnant. Yep. And that was a shock. I mean, we were shocked. Never expected that to happen. And now we have a son. His name is Cash with a K. And he is 19 months old. So how are we different? How we parent different than each other? Um, I think you're a better parent than I am, to be completely honest. Like, but I mean, it's all about like who spends the most time with him. And right now you're spending the most time with him. Yeah. Which I wish was, you know, we had more equal time with him, but um, you're good at like being stern with him and um, yeah, you're good at being stern with him and I try to be stern, but I get overwhelmed too quickly and I'm working on that. Um, but I'm more loving and have like a lot of intention with him. Yeah. Um, what, what differences would you say? He's calmer around you too. We realized that today. <laughs> I went into work a little bit later than I normally do and Cash lost his everlasting mind. His ever-loving mind. <laughs> he was just acting crazy while I was still home this morning. And then yeah. as soon as I left, he was acting normal. Yep. I was like, oh, mom's home. I can act a fool. Yeah. But when he's just with you, he's just chilling in his room. Come out and chill with you. But me? Loses ever-loving mind. And it's not like because I'm being more permissive. It's like... He's just whinier and clingier when I'm here. Well, it's probably because in this way, um, a lot of people might not agree with this. I, I, when my son is, I guess, throwing his little fits, I don't let him, you know, do it all the way. I kind of keep it controlled, like contained, I'll, contained, like. Mm -hmm. You can throw your little fit, get upset, but it's just going to be like right here. You're not about to be welling and throwing stuff and nothing like right, that. Right. But for the most part, also, I'll let him cry it out. Right. Well, and then after the... Let's say, let's not say cry it out. Well, yeah. Okay. We let him finish the tantrum. Yeah. Because within seconds, I would say less than 30 seconds, he's ready to like sit on our lap and calm down on his own. Yeah. Like, we don't have to make him calm down. We don't have to yell at him. Let it's, him melt down for a second. And within 30 seconds, he wants to sit on her lap and is trying to calm down. When it's just me and him, I, I told Kelsey, uh, I was like I was telling you earlier today, when it's just me and him, mainly, like, especially uh, after breakfast, I will just get his whole room ready for him. Yeah. I'll get him, I'll get him you know, some snacks laid out. His drink ready, he plays all, in his room. all his stuff ready that he would enjoy. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he's done eating, he goes Very in there independently, plays in his room, plays in his room. If he plays needs in the to, playroom, yeah, plays in the playroom. He'll come out and see what I'm doing, sit with me for a little bit, yeah. 
yeah. and play with me for a little bit. Yeah. And I noticed after he'll play like five minutes with me, then he'll get up and then go somewhere else and go play. Yep. I'm like, oh, so you don't. Or like, if he wants to eat, he'll tell you. Yeah. It's a snack or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. He's just very independent. And that's yeah. just natural for an only child. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I'm not the only child. Uh, I have two other brothers. But you were raised like an only child. Yeah, I was raised like the only child. One one was uh, locked up for the majority of my childhood. The other one. And he's much older than you. Yeah. And the other one that's uh, older than me still. A lot older than me. He was with his dad. Li- yeah, he was living with his dad at the time. So I only got to see the one living with his dad on the weekends and summertime. And my one, my other brother that was locked up, I only got to visit him every so often. So yeah, I'd... yeah. I think back to the tantrum thing. The the tantrum. I've I've learned since we've become parents is like some some of us will take a tantrum personally, and we don't even know. Like subconsciously, we're taking it personally. Yeah. Like they are disrespecting us by throwing a tantrum, and that's yeah. not what it is at all. Yeah. No. As a toddler, they don't understand. No. They don't understand why they can't do the thing they want to do. If we tell them no, they don't understand that. So then they have a meltdown. They can't conceptualize any of those emotions. And so our only job is to give them a safe place to, to finish the tantrum and then help regulate them. Yep. And then they'll learn to regulate themselves at some point. I, I will be the first to say that I'm not good at regulating myself. And I wish I was. But, uh, you know... You can't yell at your kid when they're upset. Yeah. Because you're not you're worsening their regulation. You're worsening it. Let them get through it and then come to them once they calm down. Talk to them talk to them about their frustration or what frustrated them. Right, because they're not gonna be rational if they're for, if right. they're upset still. Get a whole understanding. That and even that way after they have their little fit, whatever age you're you're dealing with. It, well, if you're not dealing with a baby or toddler or whatever, yeah. if you're dealing with something much older, try to, try to like, once y'all, once they calm down and you talk to them and you get them to understand, you know, you, you get to understand where their frustration stem from. That's that's also your time for for you to get them to understand what you was trying to get them to do. Whatever you was trying to get them to do or whatever you was trying to tell them that upset at them, whatever that was, that's your time to do it much more calmly. Mm-hmm. And, and make it stick. Yeah, and this time, it, it, yeah, it more likely will stick because yeah. it's a whole different situation. Right. You coming into, the, you coming into their room or into, in, into them after they calm down, you know, calm, yeah. coming to them with peace, coming to them with love. Like, hey, I'm here like for you. you what get happened? Like you get with honey, then you yeah. get vinegar. Yeah. Ask them what happened, all that, and then let them know, all right, well, you know, I understand that. And we're going to help you with that. But this is why. Right. This is know. why yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. I And not all of this, not to say that we think we are perfect parents. No. Not at all. And none of these things that. I wouldn't say there's many of these things that we follow to the T either. We are mm-hmm. just consciously trying to. And that kind of brings me to my next point. There's um, the buzzwords gentle parenting or 
it's also called conscious parenting. And there's some misconceptions about it that I just wanted to, you know, put to rest. Because I think I consider us gentle parents or conscious parents. We have decided that we are going to raise our children with respect, mutual respect amongst each other. I respect my child as much as I expect them to respect me. Yeah. Because they are little human beings, not my property. Yeah. Not extensions of me. They are their own person. And, um, so that, I think that's one of the, one of the common misconceptions about gentle parenting is like that it's permissive parenting. Kids can do whatever they want. No consequences. Don't have to ask permission, whatever. None of that is true. He will have to ask for permission. There will be no's. We tell him no all day long. Literally the word we say the most, I'm surprised he doesn't know how to say no yet. Yeah. Because it's the word we say the most. He knows how to shake his head no. But it's not about that. It's not about being permissive or not permissive. It's about understanding that your child is a human, understanding that what their emotions are developmentally and appropriately for their age, and working with that child to be, to have a, as much as peaceful of a relationship with them as you can so that you can grow into a good adult relationship with them and raise them to be good humans right that's the basis of it and i would consider myself a good human but i think there are parts of me that could be could have improvement so i would want to raise my child to be a good human in, in some of the parts that I wish I was a better human. You know what I'm saying? And we've talked about that yeah. recently too. Um, what's another common misconception you think of gentle parenting? A common misconception is like gentle parents just want to be friends with their kids and not parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty good misconception because again, it's not about being permissive or just like being the cool parent. It's about having a good relationship with your kid. And like not being the reason they need therapy when they're adults. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add about that? Um, oh, not about that, but about the no. About saying. Saying no. Saying no. Because mm-hmm. um, we're, we're not there yet, but we, we're, we might have to work on that yet. But I mean, we will eventually. Mm-hmm. But for people that are dealing with kids that's a lot older than our toddler. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you tell your kid no, like, for example, no, you can't pick up that basketball. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Try to, try to not... And they say, oh, why not? And then you say, because I said so. Try to remember that doesn't help nothing. No, it really doesn't. It's better. It makes the the kid just want to do it more. It doesn't hurt. It does not hurt you for you to explain what you mean and why. No, I don't want you to pick up the ball. Right. Yeah. No, I don't want you to pick up the ball because it's in the mud and I I don't want your hands to get dirty. Yeah. 
I don't want your outfit to get dirty. Like, and then if more questions after that, then fine. You can say no more questions. I told you why. Yeah. But you, you saying, should be able to say why. Yeah. Yeah. You saying no, and then I'm asking why, and you just saying because you this. It doesn't teach them. It doesn't teach why, them nothing. You know, a week from now they shouldn't be picking up that. Right. Ball. Because oh my god, that is the that's that's part of like oh. Oh, oh my god that is another like big thing in, in our, my childhood in everybody's childhood yeah when you when after you told no and then the parent says and then you say why and then that parent says oh because i said so and then that child later on does something similar to that that you said yeah. no to no to in the past or does that you said so or does that mm-hmm. thing that you said no to in the past and he does it later on in life or later or weeks on whatever and then you get a you get upset and you say i thought i told you before not to, not to touch not to do that yeah it's kind of you kind of got to slap yourself because yeah you probably told them way back then just no but now that they're doing it and they're doing it all the way, like he fully picked up the basketball this time, it's probably because you just said no and didn't give out an explanation why. Right. So this time when he sees the ball and he's like, oh, well, you're not around and da da da. Right. What does I'm it matter? Just, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just, it's just the ball, right? Yeah, it just goes I, back I usually to always pick it up. Not knowing why you said no. Yeah, I, I picked it up and then you come out. I, I, I told you not to pick it up. And then they looking at you like dumbfounded. And then you tell, I told you not to pick it up because this would happen. Well, you didn't tell me because that would happen. And then you'll, when, y'all, when y'all kids give you that look like, to y'all, it looks dumbfounded. Like they give you that look like, uh, like you caught them. or It's not a I caught you look. They're looking at you like, but why didn't you tell me this beforehand? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you give me the reason of why I shouldn't pick it up Give me beforehand? all the information. <laughs> Don't touch this ball because it's dirty. Yeah. So next week when it comes around and that ball is still sitting in that same spot, oh, I remember that ball still sitting in that in the it's in the still dirt. Dirty. It's Don't still dirty. It I, yeah. I I can't. I shouldn't pick it up. All right. Mom said it's, it's dirty. Yeah. Yep. Give us the tools we need. Try that. I'm not saying. Just I'm not saying. Give us the tools we need to succeed. That's all. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's gonna work all the time. I'm just yeah. saying try it. You yeah. never know. All right. Well, I think that was a good conversation about parenting Yeah. that I think we, we already knew of each other, but, um, hope you all got something from that. And Ooh. next week you'll get a bonus. Oh, chocolate donut. <laughs> next week you'll get a bonus with Angelica and Stephanie that we recorded when we recorded our scary episodes episode. Um, our scary stories episode. I mean, our scary episode episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that'll be a little bonus. I'm not sure how much content we have for that episode, but and then after that, we'll be doing a little wedding recap. Mm-hmm. So if you have questions for that episode, send us over a Q and A or a question for the Q and A episode. It can be about the wedding. It can be about her bachelorette party. Um, and then we will see y'all then. All right, y'all. Bye. Peace.